Podding ain't easy. Just another small part of this infinite multiverse that we call the Rogue Opinions Podcast. <laughs> I am one of your co-hosts, Scott McLeod. It seems like uh, a, slight, a slight break since we did our Obi-Wan Kenobi finale. You're probably wondering, was that because you know the ending of Kenobi and saying possibly goodbye to you, McGregor, as Obi-Wan was so emotional you had to take another break? You could say that, that's one explanation for it. The other explanation is that everybody knows I am terrified of bees. And I saw one and I got so scared that I opened a portal which sent me and Carl into various parts <laughs> of the <laughs> multiple dimensions in order to find each other again. And when I did find poor Carl, somebody had magically made his mouth disappear, which made him virtually useless on an audio ream. So before, until we could get back, all I could hear was him angrily muttering something through his non-existent mouth. Couldn't quite make it out, but I it sounded vaguely like something on the lines of why couldn't this fucking happen to Liam? But anyway. <laughs> but he's back in fighting warm and ready to finally talk about Doctor Strange and a multiverse of man that's now available on Disney Plus. Carl, how are you? I'm very well and much better now I've got my mouth back. Thank you very much. I mean, I did lose a couple of pounds because I couldn't eat for a day or two. So, you know, so, so there is that. Oh, Jesus, you might have seen him. You know, he's just back about barbecue. Yeah, there was a horror, it was a horror show when the food was finally prepared. He was that <laughs> hungry, finally getting his mouth back. Like he was taking it off the buddy grilly cell. His hands are a mess. <laughs> but yeah, how are you, Scott? I'm doing very good, obviously. Across the UK, it's, you know, the weather's getting, you know, actually feeling like summer again, and especially up here in Scotland, you know, it's it's very warm at the minute. So I obviously took advantage of the nice weather to stay inside and watch more television. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Miss Marvel, the day recording, just about to air, it's, you know, it's the last episode of this current series. Uh, you know, I, we finished The Boys, uh, that show, The Umbrella Academy, that I watch on Netflix, just finished its third season. You know, I'm just looking for new things to to start watching. You know, you know, I've only just this week started watching Stranger Things. Yeah, I haven't even got round to Stranger Things yet, but I will do eventually because I've watched the first three seasons. So uh, I'll definitely be getting to that. I've just finished The Boys as well, so. I mean, when I say watching through, I don't mean the new season, just in general. I've never watched Stranger Things until this week. Oh. You're a bit behind on that one, then. It's 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 a nightmare, isn't it? That's what it'll be. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's just one of those shows that I I tell myself, oh, I'll give that a watch. You know, one of those shows that everybody's talking about that you just... And I think everybody has that show that you hear everybody else talking about, but they haven't Mm. really seen, you know... I hear a lot of people talking about how they never saw Game of Thrones and up until the last couple of seasons of Game of Thrones I felt better than them and then the finale of that happened. But, you know, it's just one of those things I was looking for something new to watch 
well, not necessarily new, but new for me. So, given also the latest, like the first half of season four, it's just happening. Uh, every time I go into Netflix, it's right there, like, Stranger Things here, now, watch it. So that's how <laughs> well, I might as well. You've been brainwashed into watching it, ladies and gentlemen. There's a little, yeah, when you switch, first on, switch on Netflix, there's a little black and white spinning thing that you have to look at. And then <laughs> next thing you know, you're watching all sorts of tripe. Be watching Adam Sandler. Before you know it, you'll be watching Adam Sandler Netflix specials. Oh, geez, I'm not that bad yet. I'm not that hard. <laughs> up, <aren't I> was <laughs> just sitting there looking like, hmm. And we, we reviewed that one episode, but should I watch more Witcher than Netflix just comes around the spinning and you're like, no, you must watch Stranger Things and you will tell people how much you love Stranger Things. <laughs> it is very good, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. I'm liking what I've seen so far. I'm nearly finished episode three of season one. But, you know, we shouldn't be talking about a Netflix-related show for this long because, you know, we, everybody knows that this podcast is about to be owned by Disney and our our corporate rewards would not like us to talk to the competitors for so long. Yeah, they'll pull our funding if we uh, <laughs> talk too much about Netflix. I know, and then we can kiss our five or a week each goodbye. <laughs> so that's £2.50 I will not be getting anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's finally here on Disney Plus, uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It's quite interesting time that we were talking about this like uh, what was the last mcu offering in cinemas it's just recently the latest offering thor love and thunder has just come out and we've got plans to go see that on friday and also miss marvel the final episode of that airs this week so it's a big big week for marvel yeah a lot a lot happening it's not too long before the she-hulk starts isn't that next isn't that next month sometime yeah, like, like mid to late August, that and, mm. and or like relatively the same time. From what I've seen in the trailers, I am quite looking forward to that one, I have to admit, especially because Mark Ruffalo will be in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll just uh, see what they do with, uh, with She Hulk. But with uh, Doctor Strange, obviously, there was a lot of hype around Doctor Strange, the idea of the multiverse with Sam maybe coming back to the superhero genre to direct it. So. Girl, I know I'll say you didn't get a chance to see it in cinema, so you've seen it here now it's on Disney Plus. Uh, I'm imagining given this, you know, world of social media people talk about things, was uh was there anything that you managed to avoid about uh Doctor Strange or the things about it that you already knew about going in because you know social media is the way it is? No, I mean, I didn't I didn't see a lot of spoilers for it, but weirdly, soon as I watched it, I stumbled into loads. It was so so weird. I managed to avoid it all. The, I managed to avoid spoilers before I watched it. Amazingly, but yeah, um, literally hours logging into Twitter after watching it. Loads of things about it kept coming up on my feed. I thought that's quite that's quite weird. It must have slipped into a another multiverse myself where spoilers arrived. So now I didn't I, I didn't know anything really going mm. apart from what I've seen on the trailers. One thing I kept seeing in the trailers was um, 
the character of America Chivaris, which mm. I had no idea who she was or what she did. Um, seeing the trailer, I thought this new character is featuring quite prominently in the trailer. I had no idea who she's supposed to be, and I never found out until I started watching it. So, yeah, it's very well keeping away from uh, spoilers for this film. Unfortunately, with uh, Spider-Man, I, I find out quite a lot by the time I <laughs> watching watching that. But there was a bit more, was a bit more hype surrounding that film. To be fair, mm. yeah, yeah, and I think residually there was a lot of hype around this because it was you know, the very next thing coming out. There was like a post-credit scene as Spider-Man, which is basically a mini trailer for this, and the idea that this was also multiverse-related and had Sam Raimi attached to it. I think a lot of people were expecting something on the same, a similar level to No Way Home. And I think you know. When I first walked out of the cinema, went away to see it, I was kind of like, huh, not exactly what I was expecting. I didn't really know how to feel about this film until I had to go back and watch it a second time on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, a lot of people seemed a bit underwhelmed by the film, and I don't think it's a bad film. So um, maybe it was just a bit overhyped for what it, you know, No Way Home, no Way Home was so good. Um it just upped the ante for this film, and I think it perhaps got a bit overhyped because I don't think it's a bad film by any stretch. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I, saying it's I'm not saying it's super good either, but it's you know, it's certainly not terrible. Yeah, I think like I I thought coming out of the first time I seen it, I thought oh, it was it was okay. It wasn't great, but it was okay. And then I more thought of it certain aspects, so I thought. Yeah, that film actually wasn't that good. And then I watched uh, again here for for this podcast, and I thought actually there's a lot to like about this this film. But you know, I think if I was if we were ever going to actually do that Marvel ranking, which I wanted to do, every time we seem to like every time I see, I think, oh, well, we got time to do that Marvel ranking. I realized like no, we're only two weeks away from the next thing coming, which then we'd have to add into the so Marvel yeah. could slow down. The, Marvel could slow down their fucking content for once. I've tried to wonder if that's not going to be feasible because it's going to be that many things to go through. We'd, we'd have to, we'd have to like do a twenty-four hour pod or split it up. So yeah, like Star Wars, it's not like Star Wars, and there's like not not quite as many things. I mean, with Marvel, there's flipping tons of stuff. Yeah, I think right at. Trying to split out the TV shows and the films somehow, you know, discussion for another time. But I think after this, it'd, it'd definitely be somewhere in the middle of my Marvel ranking uh, if I was to do it. Whereas I think No Way Home would be somewhere near the top five. And I was, I think it, it was because a lot of people thought like, oh, this is going to be again on the similar level to No Way Home. That that's where it's that old thing where you hype something up in your head that when it doesn't meet your exact expectations, it kind of skews how you think about it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd still have one of the um, one of the Winter Soldier ones quite near the top. I really enjoyed those. Civil War is still one of my favourites, and and the as I say, the Winter Soldier. Is it uh, Captain America two? The Winter Soldier. That's still yeah, that's high, it, yeah. that's still high up there as well. It's a very sort of well put together and paced film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever done the opposite? I just wanted to ask you, where um, you've watched a film at the cinema, thought it was really good, and then on rewatch 
You've sat there for and thought, actually, this is a bit boring. <laughs> On several occasions, yes. yes. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? I don't know if you get carried away with it because you're at the cinema or because you know what's... or it's because you know what's coming. But it's been a couple... Of, I, think, I remember the night, A Knight's Tale back in the day and I really enjoyed that. And then... I was really looking forward to rewatching it, and about halfway through, I just switched it off. I was like, actually, it's just kind of boring. <laughs> or, you know, there's, I think that's worse than, I'll say, seeing a film you didn't think it was that good, and then finding out it was actually all right. But what's worse is what I had the experience I had with the Eternals, where I watched in the cinema, thought it was boring, to give another shot when it was on Disney Plus, and then didn't even watch the full thing when I watched it. <laughs> it was still boring. Because <laughs> it was still boring. Like, that point where I paused it because someone came and I was talking and I looked at the uh, like it was somewhere in the middle. It was a bit where they they go to that village and the mm. can't even remember what the creatures are that they fight. I forgot. I blanked out that film, you know. But so it was about that deviants. That's what they're called. But they were, when the deviants attack that wee village that uh, Druig is is running, and I seen how much was left and how much had had already went by, and I looked at the time that was left. I thought. You could fit an entire new movie into that runtime. <laughs> oh, I remember watching this weird um, gangster flick, and I forgot, I, I can't remember, it had some weird name, like something like Onion Bargies or something. <laughs> Straight out of the um, real life gangster David David Courtney or something, some someone of that elk, and um, it was with friends, and I. They were out, so I decided to watch it because we were cohabiting at the time. And honestly, I thought I'd be watching it for hours. I thought, how long is this film? And I paused it to see how long I've been watching it. And I've only been watching it for 20 minutes. I mean, you know it's a bad film and you felt like you've been there for two hours and only 20 minutes have been passed. It was that. It was that awful. <laughs> I don't know about, like, run times. Uh, obviously... Two nearly two hours forty or something like that is like Spider Man No Way Home and then close to the three hour mark with the Batman and we were told that or it was seemingly rumored that this was gonna be around that similar length, but no like two hours seven minutes this film. I mean still a, a strong length of time for any like kind of comic film, but it's a, it's a bit of a far cry from like the, the epics of three hour epics that we've been used to by that point. Yeah, I mean it felt like so there was been getting a bit carried away with these long films. I think we both agreed that the Batman could have done the being about 20 minutes shorter at least. And a lot of these are, I think No Way Home, I think that I think that worked. I think that, that, that deserved its time length in all in all fairness, especially when you're trying to put so many villains and the other two Spider Men in it. Um, but yeah, some some films I don't know if they've been they're making them long because it seems to be the in thing at the moment, because I don't think they all need to be, you know, two and a half hours, three hours. Mm-hmm. Just make a film so I don't have to wet myself in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the main reason Carl doesn't go to cinemas anymore. He waits for Disney Plus nowadays because like, he's like, Fuck it, I'm not going to watch any movie unless I can pause it. <laughs> I'm 42. I can't sit there with an extra large Coke for three hours and not need a piss. It's impossible. <laughs> Do what any sane person is. Don't go to the very early morning show when there's no other fucker there and piss in the cup. <laughs> <laughs> then it's the next fucker's problem. 
<laughs> I'd probably forget and have a sip. <laughs> I don't remember getting apple juice at the concession stand. That's <laughs> <laughs> been sent out for a while. It's a bit better. <laughs> oh, be like, be like that a cop from Dub and Dubber. Oh Jesus! One other thing I'll say about uh, this film before I like probably like delve into it is, I think this could have benefited greatly from the original plan, which was to release this pre No Way Home, because you can tell or where where one or two of the reshoots were, particularly the scene where they talk to America and they say they ask about their experience of the multiverse and they just throw out one line in about Spider Man. And there's mm. no other references to the stuff with Spider-Man before. You're like, Spider-Man? Yeah, you can get powers of a spider. Yeah, you can shoot webs. We got out of his butt. No, at least I hope not. <laughs> 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 yeah. But then again, like, then, then that caused more confusion for people because they're like, wait, so he knows Spider-Man, but he just doesn't know who he is. Then how do you know he had the multiverse thing? Because the whole multiverse thing with Spider-Man was to forget who Spider-Man was everything, so... I just created more problems than it was worth, so they would have probably just been better off sticking it before No Way Home. Yeah, well, wasn't it, for, wasn't it to forget that it was Peter Parker, so he might still know a Spider-Man, but they mm. might just not realise he's Peter Parker anymore. I think that's what it might be. But, yeah, when you, yeah. When you do these sort of things, you do risk lots of plot holes and confusion. I really think it would have helped as well, given that, you know... I think he could have applied what he learned, like going through this movie and dealing with the multiverse and then what the other strangers had done that he'd learned from to then like help better I think it would better motivate his idea with with Peter, the idea like you know, like it's a bad idea you have these other like multidimensional like visitors, you know, you need to be sent back like ASAP because it caused a threat to our world and he can have, and we'd know that he'd been through stuff like that. So that would you know, that would better explain why he's the way he is in that film, he's trying to basically make sure Peter doesn't make the, the same mistakes. Quite, but uh, yeah. there we go. Fair enough. Because, again, like, there's a lot of things where people ask him about stuff that he'd done, and like, there's more talk about the time where he gave Thanos like the time stone because he said it was the only other way, and that caused a lot of people to, you know, to get snipped, like, to get, and that caused a lot of people to get blipped and you know, Vision died, but because he died pre blood he couldn't come back, which helps motivate the stuff that Wanda's done. So, yeah, again, the original order would have been better. Yeah, he doesn't, he gets quite a bit of beef for that, for that decision, doesn't he? He, has, he says it was the only way, but, I mean, not everyone else seems completely convinced by that, do they? <laughs> like, I love the Doctor... Uh, well, like the first film we've seen talking to him and he explains why he lost he mentions his brother and his cats but he mentions the cats first <laughs> yeah. and then does a significant pause before seeing his brother just uh, just because you had to put cats in Reese's bin of fire that time doesn't mean other people don't love little uh, puddy cats I'm quite a cat fan Scott and I was quite appalled by uh, your attempts to bin them. I was going to say, get it straight, don't say that I put cats in the, the bin. Reese wouldn't let me. <laughs> At least Reese has anyway. got s- some sense, thank Christ. 
This is not a sentence I thought I'd hear today, but you know, <laughs> when I went when I went to meet him in that weird, creepy warehouse that they, that they recorded that show, I thought it was a metaphorical thing. I didn't realize we'd have an actual ring of fire, which made me really regret bringing those cats with me. But <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no ass, there's no fire, no cats. We we are not Kurt Zuma. <laughs> Noah. No animals of any kind were harmed in the making of Potting and Easy. Scott McLeod making Kurt Zuma look like the Tooth Fairy. <laughs> Anywho, back to Super Topic. We got the Strange. So going into it, it starts with another variant of Strange, which I think, according to merchandise, was called the uh, Defender Strange with the with the ponytail and everything and the kind of blue slick suit. He America running from some demon that's trying to steal her abilities, which is to, you know, jump between uh, dimensions of the multiverse, and so they try and get a book called the Book of Ashanti, which will learn her basically like a good good version of the Dark Hole, where it gives a sorcerer is it all the anything it needs to yeah. vanquish their enemies and everything. And not about a cute R and B singer, which I, I was hoping. <laughs> <laughs> And then, unfortunately, it seems that this version is strange. We don't meet for very long, but he's not a very nice man because he's seemingly so well into when he can't stop this demon to decide that the only thing to do is to take America's power from himself, which would ultimately kill her. And he, he unfortunately gets killed when he's in the middle of basically telling her that in the grand scheme of the multiverse, her sacrifice is really just one small thing. So he doesn't feel that bad about taking her life. But then he gets killed by whatever's chasing them. And then America sends them tumbling into Strange's universe. I thought it was interesting the way you see like the other Strange tumbling and then into our Strange waking up. You know, when they show that in the trailers, it makes it seem like actual, you know, a bit of decent editing for the trailer. Then you realize, like, no, that's actually how the scene plays out. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit thrown off by the the, the start because I, I I didn't realize we were we were in a multiverse. Version. I should have, I perhaps should have done, but uh, I was just uh, this is a bit strange. He's got a ponytail, and he didn't seem to hesitate too much when deciding to to kill America. Or I don't think he knew her name at that point, but um, yeah, it was. It's uh, and then he wakes up, and I thought, oh right, I see. It was all a dream, but as we find out, it, it wasn't a dream. And yeah. I don't think we quite know what her power is at that point, do we? I think I think it takes uh, a few minutes into the film before we realise what her powers are and what they're trying to get out of her. Yeah, and so I know mean, all those things that we do is creating the, those weird like star shapes when they travel, but it's only when she actually talks to to Wong and to Strange that she explains what what she can actually do. And so Strange wakes up, he goes to. Uh, Christine uh, Rudy McCam's character's wedding, and I do like the way he just does a tie. He makes these tie just by magic by waving his fingers. I've got a wedding to go to the weekend. I can't do that, so I need to try and remember how to do a fucking tie. To try to <laughs> avoid wearing ties. Yeah, I don't wear ties, sorry. I mean, is it how, how close are you to these people who are getting married? Uh, well, not related to them, you know. So. Ah, you can go tireless, then. <laughs> I mean, I went tireless to a couple of weddings and nobody seemed to mind, and there's quite a lot of other people tireless as well. But it depends how you, how you feel. 
Yeah. Yeah. School for years, there was muscle memory right out of the time. And as soon as I didn't need to wear a tie for school anymore, it was just one of those wee things that just jumped out of my brain and didn't seem to come back. <laughs> you know, one of those bits of information, as soon as it's not necessary anymore, you immediately forget it. It's one of those weird things as well that even though they don't need they don't wear ties, women always seem to know how to do them, don't they? Oh, let me do it for you. It's like, how you don't wear ties? How do you know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's because they're on the opposite side, it looks similar to them, but you're just looking at it like oh, yeah. <laughs> how is there this big knot button and this tiny bit down here, like what's happened? <laughs> just got a clip arm, no one on that. <laughs> Ah, uh, the good old fashioned. <laughs> but Strange is having a conversation with uh, with Christine. I almost called her Rachel, but no, that's the actress's name you'd have to. But yeah, they're basically talking about how he had to kind of keep her away, did of her own good and everything. She asked him if he's like happy. Also, Dolphy does basically turns her water into wine. And he asks, like, is that too on the nose? <laughs> <laughs> so that was a bit funny. And then. I love also the way he just kind of casually has his cape nearby. He just does that dive off the balcony when he when he sees America's in trouble. <laughs> yeah, it's also it's it also seems so nonchalant, doesn't it? And we see that sort of um, big one-eyed octopus type thing that featured quite yeah. heavily featured quite heavily in the trailer. So I wasn't quite expecting it to turn up so early on. To be fair, yeah. So I think it's a similar like creature from that universe that they were in. So they're going to take so possibly follow them through the portal and it's chasing America. It's weird. Like where do, how did America have time to kind of dump Strange's other Strange's body? Because obviously he was clearly dead when he came through, but then later on they find him in a different location. But you know, that's a someone long that by that I don't think we need to get into it. But I love uh, when Wong shows up. He basically says to Strange, the first thing he says is, like, no, what, what's going on? Who's it? What's this thing? He says to him, you know, it's customary to bow before the Sorcerer Supreme. <laughs> yeah, and that, that becomes a bit of a running joke through the film, which I quite enjoyed, to be fair. Yeah. I do, uh, that's one of the things that does benefit from coming after. Uh, you know, because I like the reveal in No Way Home, where like, oh, yeah, well, it's all in a technicality, just because I was blipped for five years, now one a seniority and he's a sorcerer supreme now <laughs> like like an older sibling having to take you know orders from a younger sibling like when Lisa babysits Bart in that one episode of The Simpsons <laughs> uh, so they end up fighting off this this creature to, uh, and then they want to get information from America who's a bit hesitant because she just sees another strange and immediately doesn't trust him because she was almost killed by, by a version of strange Although there's a bit during this fight, and it comes up later on uh, in the film, but I don't know about you, but it feels like in other films that Doctor Strange's powers, you know, he was using the Mind Stone, or sorry, the Time Stone, for a lot of things, and he could conjure all these shapes and portals and everything like that. So it did feel like, you know, he could create things, like, randomly. It felt like his powers were a bit more defined, whereas in this one, it's just a case of, like, oh, he needs, he needs something for this. It just so happened to have the right thing at the right time. He just create anything conveniently to help him out of a situation where it just felt like they weren't too clear about what his magic can and can't do just like, oh you need something for this situation I oh, creates this thing That's a bit like uh, it does seem a bit convenient for a film but it is a bit like how they do to it for the comic books to be honest they just use their powers as a, a foil to sort of 
get round sort of problems, but I suppose in in comics you can get away with it a bit, a bit more. You're not quite overthinking it, but but yeah, it does seem a bit bizarre. Yeah, it did seem to be a like you know continuity in this film with uh, with Doctor Strange's abilities. So, but then again, this is one of the first times we've seen him like without using the time stone because he had to put all the stones back. So. God knows what his actual abilities are. Maybe he's just picked up a few new techniques between now and that other movie. It was about four yeah. or five years ago, to be to be fair to him. Yeah, maybe. maybe. And so they get the other conversation about what she can do and uh, do all that bit Spider-Man as well. I love how Stranger to answer three questions at once because like, uh, she's like, you're not Sorcerer Supreme, are you? Like, you're, you're not with Christine? And then he's like, Ross like you went to Christine's wedding, and there's a woman asking for a photo. Goes, yeah, woman asking for a photo. Goes like, no, no, and yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's quite a, quite a fun little scene, actually. That bit in, in that bit where they're in the little uh, restaurant or, or or cafe, having their little discussion. It was like, that's when they have the little Spider Man thing as well, and she pulls out of his butt and whatnot. So yeah, I quite enjoyed that little scene. Yeah. Uh, Dexter's I, making his cameo. Yeah, apparently so. I thought he was sleeping, but you know, <laughs> he's up and about. <laughs> he seems to never have podcasted. It's like, it's like when I have my doors open, quiet, all day, and I soon start podcasting, every boy racer in the bloody county area seems to drive past with the, the most noisiest exhausts known to man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, like a, a couple of weeks ago, I was recording an episode of SmackDown, and he was lying in his bed. He was peaceful for like ninety percent of the podcast. Then we were kind of doing like the final thoughts, the ratings, and everything. He jumped up on the bed, and the se- and seagulls flew past the window. And for some reason, he hates seagulls, <laughs> and so he's just barking his little head off. And then I try to get him out of the room so I can you know, record in peace, you know, just for, for, for just to do the wrap up and everything. Close my door. But he can easily put, go on his hind legs and push my door open, so he immediately gets back <laughs> in the room. He just will not be denied that boy. Perhaps the seagull nicked a chip off him one time. <laughs> Maybe, I have no idea. But what I was going to say about this film, uh, continue on for what you were talking about with the sea in the cafe. I think, you know, this is one of the films where they don't over rely on the humour that most MCU films do. There are jokes in it. But a lot of it is more like dry, like sarcasm hmm. from on Doctor Strange's parts, which is different from you know other films. Because you know I'm going to go see like it's a Thor: Love and Thunder, and I've not like heard anything about how good the film is, but I have heard a lot of people are divided on the humor. Yeah, I've I've heard it's quite divisive um, from some people saying it's really good, and other people aren't keen on it at all. Bizarrely, I think it's a case of like it's continuing also the theme and. Of like Ragnarok, I think was the more fun aspect. I thought because I thought like yeah, Thor one was okay. I hated Thor the Dark World, and I really loved Ragnarok. I think a lot of part, a lot of that is like the the influence of Taika Waititi. So I think a lot of people feel like he's put too much humor, too much silliness in this new movie. But you know, well, you're going to judge it for your own merit when you go and see it. So I'm actually more looking forward to it because Taika Waititi and the way he kind of did it and Ragnarok is part why I actually enjoy Thor now because before Ragnarok I couldn't give a fuck about Thor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a 
It's about a no. It's about a nose, God for Christ's sake! You know, <laughs> it's gonna be. You know, what's wrong with a tongue and cheek? You know, you got to balance out. You got a character called the God Butcher, but then again, he's as, at some point in this film, he's flying around the Guardians, which includes a talking tree and a raccoon. <laughs> so you know, you got to you got to have some selling it, and you can't play it all for exactly. Season, you know. Again, judge it for yourself when you, if you haven't seen it already. So, I do love that they just randomly buddy uh, the other Doctor Strange's body on top of this roof and just stuck uh, <laughs> yeah. one just to violate an audience or two. Uh, <laughs> and now I might talk about Wanda because uh, looking at the trailers, there was always the hints in the trailer that she was going to become some sort of villain or one of the villains in this film. And I thought it was going to be a bit of a slow burn, like, yeah, first you're not quite sure, and then she gets the dark hole, she suddenly realises she could have her kids back, and she starts acting like a villain, but ultimately comes around by the end. Nope. I, I, I time-stamped it on Disney Plus. 22 minutes in, we see Rhonda reveal that the hex around her house, and she's in full Scarlet Witch Cave, like, nope, we're just going right into it. She's, she's the villain of this movie. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I was I was expecting a bit more slow burn, or maybe it was a multiverse version of the Scarlet Witch, because she's shown no indication of um, going full blown super evil um, in one division, or or I think maybe she went to like a retreat and whatnot. But um, yeah, as you say, it's. Uh, very, it's sort of very abruptly done that she's revealed to be the villain of the piece, and almost a bit lazyish as well. Like the, oh, you, you didn't tell me her name, did you? That sort of old chestnut. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was that post-credit scene in One Division where she's like projecting a version of herself to look to the dark hole to find a universe that are, where our sons are, and clearly, also sometimes past it, they say. It, it, they, they use the line about the dark hole that corrupts everyone and everything mm. it touches. So clearly she's at it for some time that over time it's kind of corrupted her. But yeah, it did feel weird to kind of use that as a get a get out. Oh, it's the book that's, that's doing it because she's discovered that, you know, every other university exists, but in this one they were just like stuff that she created as part of this like Westview illusion. But, you know, if you just if you just watch WandaVid and you see kind of almost go through a bit of a redemption thing against Agatha and like free the town. And it eventually, even though she was kind of in the wrong for, for all of them hostage, like, and then to see her, like, go back the other way, like, a full 180 backwards, like, no, oh, she's a villain again. But it would be quite confusing. Having said that, for a good, at least two, at least, for, for at least three quarters of this movie, she was a very good villain. I really liked how she did this. You know, I really started coming around to Scarlet Witch uh, during one division because you got to show more but more sides to her character, and then mm. getting to see her go full bad guy. There was a lot to like about her as a villain, I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah, she made for a good villain because she's, like, super powerful, but <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm super convinced by her motives, and especially her motives to want um, America's powers, I thought, were a bit sort of weak. I get that she wants to be with her boys, but when he says, oh, you know, you could just go to another dimension, yeah, but what if I need to take him... To uh, another dimension's hospital or or something. I'm like, <laughs> I don't yeah. know, I don't know. But, um, yes, yeah, because he explains later on in the film that 
you know, it's like it's more than just like open one portal and going through. Like the idea that she uses the powers to kind of go between dimensions to solve any problem that she she needs. I think they were trying to harp on the whole thing with her kids because the idea of someone a mother doing it for her children mm. kind of gave more shade to create to her being a villain because the idea, like they say, the best villains are like the ones with understandable motivation. And so harping on like the family aspect of it that you can kind of understand. I think it's similar to like the villain from uh, from uh, Shang Chi, where obviously he was being corrupted unknowingly. He just wanted his wife back. So when you think about that, it doesn't make him like too much of a villain. It's just like the way villains go about it sometimes that makes yeah. them villains. I did like the little quote as well by Doctor Strange when he sort of says, "Well, you can forget about the lunch boxes because that's the sort of justification <laughs> our our enemies use." <laughs> I did like that yeah, try and being thrown in there. Yeah, I do like again there was a slow bit the uh oh yeah. Yeah, you didn't tell I didn't tell you didn't tell me her name, did you? And then the big like illusion is dropped. Uh but, like again, she's not a very good liar. She's very powerful in the ways of magic, but not a very good liar and no. she again <laughs> she again brings back the whole thing of like you gave Thanos a time zone which then brought him to vision and he had to kill him. But then he just turned it back anyway and then killed him again. So she's obviously got a beef with Doctor Strange, especially. And as you say, like he he says clearly, that's the kind of justification you know your enemies your enemies use. Also he tries to remind her like oh they given the West View like illusion, which he was he claims he was aware of, but somehow didn't feel the need to get involved. You know, <laughs> literally every week that was going on, he was one of the people rumored or not. Strange is going to probably show up at one point in this show, but he he tries to remind her, like, also in this universe, he's with your one of your children aren't real; you're, they're figments. You know, you created them, and then she just turns it back. Isn't that whatever <laughs> mother does? <laughs> well, in a sense, yeah, fair, fair, fair play to her, but um, we sort of also learn that. Dreams are actually um, happening for real to other versions of you and uh, multiverses. And she says she dreams about her children. So that's how she knows that um, one reality or another, they're, um, they're alive. So imagine all those weird dreams you have are actually really happening to a version of you, Scott. I hope, I hope that's not uh, real because I had a weird, weird dream the other night. And so I. I would worry for what's happening to that universe, Scott. <laughs> I do like that idea because, like, Strange had a dream about the, the events that happened to the the Verge of Strange that America knew at the start of the film, and she reveals like it's not a dream; you know, it's a way to look into another universe. And Wong just really undercuts the, the scene, going, so "That's that dream I have when I'm being chased naked by a clown." <laughs> And also, America talks about how she knows for a fact there's no other hers out there in the multiverse because she she never dreams. Yeah, that's that's quite a, a weird one. There's only like one version of her by the looks of it, and uh, yeah, quite a quite str- quite a, a strange one. But still, mm-hmm. what did you think of the character of America? I quite like I quite liked her. I loved the whole sort of star gimmick and <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah, I think it took me a while to warm up to her because I didn't like her the first time I wanted to see the film because it felt like, you know, for all the TV, so then Strange not knowing that Wanda was the one that sent the creatures after. 
after America basically tells her where the woman she's wanting is. And so she kind of just undermines or basically argues back with everything they seem to say at the start of it. And she gets a bit of an attitude. But I kind of really like her, you know, the second time around. I think she's going to be one of those characters that, you know, the more she pops up in like MCU properties, because it feels like they want to keep her around, you know, for the future. Uh, like whether in something Doctor Strange later or maybe she'll cross over into something else. I just feel like she'll be one of those characters that the more you see her develop, the more you'll like get behind her. Yeah, yeah, hopefully we'll see her in future projects. Yeah, because you know, I think the way she talks about like she discovered her powers by accidentally sending her parents through like a portal and she's convinced that they're they're dead somewhere. But you know, it, it does feel like this the stuff on the table for, you know, her eventually to realise that her parents are out there and her journey to try and, you know, go through the multiverse and find them. Yeah, you you probably something you could be better off doing one of their little mini series with rather mm-hmm. than a, a standalone film for her. But I can definitely see um like a a six or seven episode, you know uh yeah, mini series on America's Chavez. I heard about one of the rumoured projects that people are speculating about earlier on MC because they've released because they've introduced a lot of like younger characters in this phase. The idea of them doing like the young Avengers and then just in having an American team with another group of people like uh, your Kate Bishops and people like that. And so maybe you can explore that kind of possibility and make a, a young mm. Avengers like mini series. Yeah, that could be fun. Yeah. So then Wanda just goes again full on evil and I like the old stage to show kind of a corruption and more she uses her magic. It's all usually in the fingers that the tips of her fingers are all black. Yeah, I noticed that. I thought that was a, a cool little touch. Mm-hmm. And then she basically talks about, well, I've sent all these creatures after her, after her and everything and then she provides a commentage to when everybody's trying to like give all their full defence against Wanda who's basically like Basically, all of this, it's just, this is all up to now being me being reasonable. <laughs> and I'd hate, hate to see it being unreasonable. <laughs> also, everybody gets pointing out that there was a weird minotaur creature uh, in one of the scenes of the trailers in Cabotage, and then he pops up while they're getting ready for Wanda arriving, and then he speaks, and he's got the voice of somebody in a really shit Oliver Twist play. Like, <laughs> who, decided to give, who decided to give a minotaur that voice? <laughs> Perhaps it was Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> He's at least from the same part of fucking England as Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Jesus. Do we know? Yeah. Do we know who voiced him? Uh, I didn't look it up. No, I don't imagine there was anybody major because he only has like three lines. Yeah, true. <laughs> and then yeah, Wanda comes in. They're kind of. Uh, they managed to keep them like keep her at bay for a while, and then she manages to get inside one of the other sorcerers' minds at one point. And at least she just blasted people at one point. I like to think of her; she's going full Palpatine. She's got all this power on her, <laughs> and then she's just wiping people out. And also, it was in this uh, scene that I really enjoyed because they they hinted that there would be horror elements included in this film because of Sam Raimi's history of horror movies, and there was actually some interesting. Scenes in this, like the way she kind of appears and that guy behind that guy when she's getting in his head, or they try and create that illusion to keep her at bay, and then she kind of does a full-on girl from the ring through the reflections to to get to America. 
Yeah, I wouldn't say full. I wouldn't say it was like full on horror. Like they were sort of talking up, but there was definitely some sort of creepier elements in the film. Definitely. You know, like when America looks down the puddle, and you, you can see her hand kind of almost reach out to her. Like there were a couple of like jump scares, like here and there. Maybe, maybe it was more scary in the cinema. <laughs> maybe a little bit, yeah. Oh, it was it was it was still fairly creepy watching it back though like seeing her basically doing the little like twisting around as she comes through the reflection again like that girl in the ring and then like Wanda just can't understand why strange is being so resistant like you're sacrificing all these people's lives for a girl you met yesterday yeah it was a bit uh, <laughs> funny line but I think it's more to do with not letting one to have her powers and uh, yeah. protecting the girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she actually she's happy. She's like just to like sacrifice her life just to get her her kids back. Uh, also, what I know, how the fuck does she choose what universe to go to? Like she says, all oh, they're alive in every other universe. So how exactly do you choose which version of Billy and Tommy you want to actually raise? I don't think there was anything. That, I don't think they ever addressed that. It just so happened. Just so happened to try and enter, enter the universe that Strange in America happened to fall into. That's just coincidence. Oh yeah, complete complete coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> Which talking of like falling into universes, that's something I did enjoy. Like the the bit where America and, and Strange fall through the the portals and they keep going into different universes. One where there's dinosaurs, there's one in black and white, one covered in like tubes for some reason. Uh, there's one where it's paint animated. Uh, I do love like a uh, strange language. Were we covered in paint in one of those universes? <laughs> <laughs> I do love like the different like virgin versions of like the universe that they went through there. They needed only Buffy the Vampire Swans will, will understand this reference, but there needed to be a a, 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 a universe where it's just shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, America does a bit. One of the important things every time you travel to the Viper is always to be sure to find food. So you have no issues in that universe. <laughs> but I do like the aesthetic of the um, the New York they ended up in with all like that. Yeah. The, the floral decorations mm-hmm. and, and what not. Why can't all cities look like that? That looked quite smart. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe we'll jump to the universe where there is, where there is such a thing. I don't know where else to place this. And so we mentioned Wanda and her kids a few times. So I'll just put it in now. And I'll try and be diplomatic about it, even though as soon as I say what I'm going to say, it's not going to sound diplomatic at all. But you know, a lot of people are very down on child actors and they get unfair criticism for films, you know, when they're, st- when they're not as experienced and everything. You know, like how Jake Lloyd was horribly bullied after the IMS came out, even though it wasn't his fault. Having said that, the actors playing Tommy and Billy in this film are fucking abysmal. I'm sorry. How dare you? I'm sorry. Like, they were awful. I mean, they were okay in one division because they had played a small part. Like, I liked when one of them did the whole mouth in the middle, like, break the fourth wall bit at one point. And that was all fun and game. Then they're in this film, and I couldn't stand them. Every time they popped up, every time they opened their mouths, I was like, oh, shut up. And they sing that song to Wanda, 
I, I wanted to. I didn't want to be in the cinema. I wanted. To, I wanted to go home. Like I want. To, I want to rip my own ears off. So I don't have to listen to this song. Good lord, what is this? But perhaps there's all the um, um, pros of watching it at home. I was able to switch off on certain bits because I don't actually remember them singing a song. So, so perhaps, oh, uh, perhaps I uh, subconsciously switched off. <laughs> oh yeah, when Wanda first tries to Wanda first tries to dreamwalk into another version of her herself, and then the kids start singing to her, and then she kind of drops something as one of the other sorcerers tries to destroy the dark hold. She kind of loses focus, and then has to go back into that boiler. But yeah, they start singing to her, and I I, I skipped it when I watched it back on the Z Bus. But I'm watching, I'm like, my God, this is all, why why are we watching this? Yes, you should have her like obviously. She's seeing it through the eyes of this other one, and yeah, you see her kids kind of stopped her for a second, but could have done better than this. I mean, for fuck's sake. I mean, am I being too harsh on this? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I didn't think they were that terrible. I wouldn't say they were good, but as I say, I was. I, I, I do kind of things that I'm not that keen on. I do kind of switch off from, so perhaps I wasn't paying a super amount of attention to those scenes. I'm not tying them all bloody child out with the same belly to tie my brush because, you know, I just spent the last six weeks or so, you know, praising the actress that played Prince, young Princess Lee and Obi-Wan Kenobi. So certain child actors, you know, it's not just some some actors when their kids have it, some of them just don't, I don't think. And just for whatever reason, with what they were given in this film, Belly and Tommy just did not make welcome additions to this film. Yeah, I mean, maybe... Maybe the director didn't help because, as you said, they weren't didn't seem that awful in one division. But mm. who knows? Yeah, who knows? I just had to get that off my chest before I move on to stuff. <laughs> you know, some more positive things, like giving it to Sam Raimi movie. Of course, Bruce Campbell has to cameo in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did like the Bruce Bruce Campbell cameo. <laughs> I like that pizza popper. You think he was called because. We serve these weird pizza balls that America assumes is free. Like, yeah, food's free in most universes. He goes, "Oh, you didn't pay for that. Oh, I guess it's not free here." <laughs> and then, and then he starts to yell, and it's strange. He mentions a strange uh, museum which they have to go like figure out. Uh, so, like the fact he just leaves him there, like punching himself repeatedly, like, "Oh, we're off in what minutes? Uh, about three weeks." <laughs> It's a long time to be punching yourself, to be honest. Three weeks. <laughs> I think he would. I hope he was over exaggerating. Yeah, I think so. I think he would have. Realistically, I think he would have died <laughs> after three <laughs> weeks of punching himself, at least before the three weeks was up. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, it was a fun wee cameo from him because he's always followed up in it. In Sam Raimi films, obviously, he appeared in three different roles during the Spider Man movies, which was which was funny. But then they, they go and find out more about this version of, of Strange and they say they claim that he died fighting Thanos so they have this big statue dedicated to him and this is where they meet a new version of Baron Mordor which again has led to some big gaps between previous films because they point out because at the end of the first Doctor Strange and Mordor started his journey of like trying to kill sorcerers and then he's not had any interaction with Strange because Strange has been doing stuff for the Avengers and it's so clearly something's happened that we haven't seen because then he goes Oh yeah, then he did. He's later trying to kill me. Like, like where, where was that? Please, please tell me more about those interactions. 
Yeah, I'm not too sure I can remember that, but I, I didn't really pay that. I didn't really enjoy the first film that much, the first Doctor Strange, so I didn't pay super attention to it. I've only ever watched it once, so there might be things from there I don't remember. But hey, this version of Strange is all. This version of Mordor is actually all very welcoming and you know, brings them inside and they talk, they talk about the Dark World. A bit too welcoming, as we find mm. out. Yeah, they talk about the uh, the dark gold and the Vicrisanti, and they said, "Oh, we have a version of it here." And you know, like he talks to them about dreamwalking, as we see. I love how they edit in the kind of preparation of Wanda, was surrounded by the candles, getting ready to dreamwalk and everything with the like the music underneath. I thought that was a really a bit mm. nice bit of editing. Yeah, there's. The film was sort of well done from a cinematography point of view. It was, you know, editing was good and the way scenes and stuff were uh, spliced together and what have you. Yeah, because like, there's that scene after the hit where it kind of it cuts, to, it transitions into the scenic camera ties and it almost looks like Wong's like, appearance of like, the red mist that's around like Wanda's house. I thought that was pretty cool. And, it does feel like, given despite the fact they had to do quite a few reshoots, probably to you know make it seem like it was post No Way Home, not pre it. Uh, despite those reshoots, it does feel like for the most part Sam Raimi got the chance to director make the version of this film that he wanted to make. Uh, and you know it wasn't one of the cases where like studios interfere too much and to the annoyance of the filmmaker. Where I'm sure it made a change for him, given uh, when you hear the stories how miserable Sony made the filming of a. Uh, Spider-Man 3 for him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we won't be there in four years' time. Release the Rami Court. <laughs> and we get a ten hour we get a ten hour Doctor Strange movie. <laughs> oh, you want the ep- the ten hour epic we've all been waiting for. Come on, there's gotta be countless more universes we can jump through. <laughs> I want a whole episode, a whole hour, you know, dedicated to that paint universe. <laughs> <laughs> be quite cool. Yeah, like like you said, yeah, this this Mordo was a bit too trusting, and then it revealed that he's kind of drugged them. So, uh, then they they wake up in these cages with these like power dampening cuffs around them with these robot, uh, these Ultron kind of sentries guarding yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, I thought they were a bit like Ultronish. I thought it was quite. Uh, Unusual, but a nice little call back. And and who is a scientist there of all people? <laughs> well, it's only uh, Christine in this universe, and she reveals also the number of designations for each universe. And they are currently in universe eight three eight, and the universe that Strangers from has been designated six one six. Which for fans of Marvel comics know that one at one point in the main Marvel. No comics timeline was known as the 616 universe, so at least they're again there for you. So mm, all, the, all, you, all the universes are kind of numbered and everything. Uh, so basically they've been been quarantined in there basically because like, we don't know what diseases you you brought from your universe. You could have things that we don't have cures for in our world, which is it's, it's fair enough. But that's a but fair you, point, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they didn't have COVID until now. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Strange and the 2020 pandemic of madness. <laughs> uh, also, the thing with the Ultron sentries going around, we saw those in the trailers, and we knew the Illuminati was appearing in here. 
So I was convinced that some, somehow, because in the comic version, the tank um, that creates Ultron. So I was convinced they were going to see some version of Ant-Man like variant in this film or something to that regard. No. Or fuck it, given that if you're just going to kill off this version of the Illuminati, you know, in this in like five minutes, fuck it, put an actual version of Ultron in there, like a good version of Ultron. Mainly because I would like to have seen Gene Spader back because I thought he was quite entertaining. Yeah, I love James Spader. If you've watched The Blacklist, he's brilliant. Yeah. He's brilliant in that. Yeah, so I kind of first became aware of James Spader and then I think it was like a couple of seasons into that that then they announced the thing for the idea of him being the baddie in the Avengers and I got really excited about that. And then I was re- then I realised, Christ, he was in Star- the original Stargate film back in the day. <laughs> Yes, his hair there as well. <laughs> yeah, I find it weird to picture him with hair. Uh, yeah, does a lot. Does a lot right going back and watching Stargate, seeing a young uh, James Spader with flowing locks. But <laughs> there you are. Yeah, so you know you could have done anything with the Illuminati if you were going to do what you ended up doing. But yeah, you know, I, I know, I know that, and I know that annoyed a lot of people. But I'm pretty sure this is just like one universe version of the Illuminati, so I don't think it's anything to get. <laughs> too bit of shape about it. I think it's just to show how how powerful Wanda truly is. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But I did I, I did find it a little bit strange that you know it was quite heavily um advertising the trailers and all that that they were gonna see finally see the Illuminati and yeah they last for all about five minutes. But yeah, as you say it does sort of give you a feel of how powerful um um, wonder is I do love the fact we got to see uh, Captain Carter. Yeah, like because also there were there were rumors of Captain Carter, so we had almost an idea of that of her being involved. We knew more was going to be on the the panel. They gave away Patrick Stewart in the trailers, mm. which in hindsight I kind of wish they didn't do because they also they clearly wanted a talking point for the second trailer. So obviously including that sound bite of uh, of. Patrick Stewart probably was necessary. There was a, a they, they showed a brief blink, you miss a bit of the version of Captain Marvel they have here, which is a uh, Maria Rambo, the her best friend, and they'll say her daughter was featured in one division. So is that parallel? So I, think, and I was hoping like, okay, I need some actual surprises here. Who? And then like, oh yes, confirmation of Captain Cars here. Then they brought back Black Bolt from the Inhumans, <laughs> and yet despite the fact he hor- he's horribly killed here, he's still better here than he was in that entire Inhumans show. I thought I, I thought this was perhaps his first show, and I didn't realise he'd been in the uh, the Inhumans because I never actually watched that. Yeah, neither did I. But apparently, not enough people did, and those who did watch it, the critics at least <laughs> fucking hated it. Is it the same like, bloke playing him? I take it. Yeah, it's the same uh, guy. Uh, apparently, like this was maybe like an Inhuman. They were going to do an Inhumans film at one point, and then they basically, Kevin Feige was like, I don't want to make this film. Can we do it as a TV show? Because this is back when they were doing shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm. so they, they didn't have to worry too much about them being, like, canon or whatever. Uh, so I think they were kind of overly pushing the Inhumans, which is why they were going to do a film, because they were going to use the Inhumans as their universe version of the X-Men, but then they eventually, Disney got so much money they could buy Fox, which had the X-Men, so more of like, yeah, we kind of don't need Inhumans anymore, we've got actual X-Men now. Hmm, hmm, hmm. And, and was Lone Grufford unavailable? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I enjoyed this because, like, I thought, oh, well, Black Bolt's here, and then he went the smartest man in the world, Reed Richards, and then he popped up and they're like, oh, it's actually John Krasinski. 
Like, <laughs> and because he's been so like fan casted and like everybody has been speculating he should play him for so long that he almost didn't look real. Like, his head looked almost superimposed on this Mr. Fantastic suit because it couldn't I couldn't fathom or process him actually being Mr. Fantastic even for a few minutes. Yeah, he, he was so different from his office character. It was it was almost unrecognisable, to be fair. And well, I hope they weren't doing that. I think we learned a harsh lesson in um, Green Lantern that uh, CGI suits are just not the way to go. Mm. And then one of the best Easter eggs I've ever seen is not only just coming in his little yellow chair, but as he's making an appearance, all you can hear you hear subtly over over the scene. Yeah, I heard that. I was like, I was proper, I was proper fanboying for that. But I, if they do, do a new X Men film, they've got to put that in it as well because it, it still holds up today. It's one of the greatest theme tunes of all time for me. I think also you got X Men '97 uh, coming soon, or mm. the continuation of that series. So. so I will be wanting my subscription feedback if that doesn't have. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, that's oh, nostalgia. Wow. That you know, I'll be taken back to when I was like twelve years old. Oh, what what a tune that is! Like I even had subtitles on when I watched the Disney Plus, and even the subtitle comes up when that happens. When he's walking in, subtitle catching comes up playing X Men X Men team song. <laughs> Brilliant! I did quite at first. I couldn't decide if I liked the uh, the other chair or not. It was nice to see the the proper chair that he had in the comics and cartoons, but it just looked a bit weird in it. I I thought I don't know uh, how you felt. I think it was just the size of it because like we try to lean mm. forward and everything he's got a big thing in front of him so yeah you never quite uh, know but i like that they basically explain that all oh, our strains didn't die fighting fans like he caused an incursion which was like when two realities kind of collapsed into each other basically killing everyone in the and those universes and they said that he got the dark hole and used it to try and dream what to find the solution to killing Thanos in another universe uh, to try and find another strange and it turns out that you know it wasn't it wasn't worth it but he kept doing it anyway and so when eventually they found the book of Ashanti and used that to kill Thanos they basically judged that he was a big threat to the multiverse so basically they sentenced him to death by having Black Bolt because his voice is so powerful it doesn't speak because he's just the one word can basically throw the big wave and destroy everything in its path he basically obliterates strange by just saying the words I'm sorry yeah, it's uh, it, it's pretty crazy how how his powers work, and um, I was like kind of trying to figure out what that little thing was on his uh, on on his sort of mask on his costume. I suppose it's supposed to be like a tuning fork, is it? But the, the way the way Wonder the way Wonder kills him though, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that was just that was brutal, especially for for an MCU. I do love how not unseriously, un- obviously, many people would be fanboying looking at people on the Illuminati and everything, but Strange is taking this very unseriously, looking at uh, people in the panel, and especially when he sees Dr. Mr. Fantasy, went, eh, Mr. Fantasy, did you, did you guys chart in the 60s? <laughs> uh, also goes back to the Korean 60s. She also mentioned uh, another wee Fantasy for Easter egg that Christine says that she, she works for the Baxter Foundation, which ties into the Baxter Bell, which is the base of the Fantastic Four. 
Ah, that's something I didn't know. Also, I think part of the reason they have John Krasinski involved, in it, even though he was going to get killed off, was because I'm assuming when they do their version of the Fantastic Four, they probably don't want John Krasinski to be Mr. Fantastic. So they probably just said, okay, here, he was Mr. Fantastic. You got him. They stop asking for it. <laughs> but as you said, it's different multiverses. So he might, he, he might, you know, they might recast him because I think they are on about doing a Fantastic Four movie of, of some such. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I remember people, I mean, I didn't mind the original ones back in the day. I, I didn't think they were terrible. And, you know, when you compare them to just Trank's version, they look like flipping masterpieces. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then also, I think there's a case of like the arrogance of like the Illuminati for like, Really, assuming that they can handle Wanda easily. Mm. Like, yeah, the way the way they're like, we can handle Wanda. I was like, what? what is she started killing everyone. I even said to myself, yeah, you're really handling her. That's aged well. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like everyone gets a bit I mean, yeah, Maria like gets crushed by a statue, but yet she somehow gets the least gruesome death of all of them. Is <laughs> like Captain Carr gets sliced in half with her own shield. The only, I think the only reason she wasn't one they first immediately killed off was just so they could have her do that. I could do this all day line. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love that. So it's so always the ones I fancy they kill, isn't it? And um, uh, to Tommy's Aunt May, Salma Hayek, and I'm flipping Captain Carter. Uh, Marvel, Marvel hates you. They, they don't want you clearly. to love anything. No, clearly not. No. But like, I think. Because other, if they didn't want her doing that line, you know, logic to dictate the woman with the fucking back, the jetpack and the shield should have been killed before stretching man and the guy who can kill you with his own voice. <laughs> but no, <laughs> then they do the group thing where basically Blackpool accidentally speaks internally and blows his own brains out. Oh, that, then, was, that was sick. That was. <laughs> fact, you don't see his brains, but you can see kind of how much or flat mm. top under his helmet's gone. And then Mister Fantastic, maybe the smartest man in the world. What does he do? Just reaches his arm out and then gets turned into spaghetti, basically. He's getting ripped apart. Yeah, not not so smart after all. Yeah. And so, and then poor Professor X, this looked like he could do something about it. Inside his own head, Warner just snaps his neck, which was yeah. in my opinion. He's tried a fair few times now, Professor X. Doesn't have, doesn't have much luck, does he? Yeah, that was the thing uh, that all people talked about when they'd see it. Like, are they just every and every timeline almost? Like, I don't know if they've done it to James McAvoy because I didn't see the last Dark Phoenix film, but like, it's just seemed like, especially the Patrick Stewart version, every time he pops up, they want to kill him in some way. Like, I'm sure he, some version of him got killed in like Days of Future Path, he got blown up in The Last Stand, and then Wanda just sneaks up behind him. Yeah, and then um, a Wolverine clone kills him in his sleep. <laughs> you know, it's just... He's like, they'd be casting Sean Bean to play him if, at this rate. I know, geez. There are certain characters in DC, like Green Arrow and Hotman, who get me, get me joked up because they die so often, but, you know, this is basically becoming a running joke with Buddy Professor, especially Patrick Stewart. Bless his cotton socks. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that happens, and uh, Mordo just gets chopped down like 
down a I don't he just gets dropped down a very tall tall thing, uh like a wee platform in the Illuminati chamber and that's him taken out apparently and Strange gets to go away and he talks about he tells that what more about who he, he and his uh, his university more didn't like each other and everything like Oh, you probably gave my this version of me the dark hole in the first place, and they get into a many fighting. But really, he's just he's just trapped there, and he goes, "I'm beginning to understand why your mortal didn't like you very much." <laughs> hmm. So, like, I'm not saying I wanted him to gruesomely die as well, and hands of wonder, but like, it was kind of uh, lackluster the way he just kind of gets disposed of. He's never seen again. <laughs> better, better deaths for Mordo next time. Yes, but you know it does seem like they were saying that they basically believe that all versions of Strange every universe are a danger to the multiverse. And to be fair, when you see the latter half of this film, they're actually quite right. Because <laughs> obviously, their version of Strange calls an incursion. He meets a version of Strange who killed other versions of Strange, and he's got the third eye. And then Strange, despite the fact that he's been talking about not using the Dark Hole, has to then go and use the Dark Hole to beat Wanda. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and we get that bit at the end of the film, don't we? <laughs> oh, Where it feels he's got a, he's good, growing a third eye, so I don't know if that played into into anything in the future. Like, I finally realised what my issue is with this film. I feel I think it's the last thirty five or so minutes because I think it's just a case like one has been become so powerful and she's wiped through everyone. And then she gets America and everything, and she's got that weird fortress where there's all the the spells transcribed on the wall from the dark hole and everything. Because one reveals to her that you know the dark hole that she was in was just was just a copy. Uh, but like now she's got America, she's the one she's been chasing, and they, they go for the book of Ashanti, and the book of Ashanti just gets destroyed immediately. So then they have to go back to the thing they thought they swore they'd never use. It just I just not a big fan of just the way the film just feels like. Oh, we, now we have to wrap up now. So Strange then uses the Dark Hole, you know, he shouldn't have and proves that he's just like the other Stranges, you know, you think logic would dictate he should prove that he's, he's different. Uh, America and beats Wanda by basically proving to her a point that Wong and Strange both tried to tell her already, like what happens to the mother of the Billy and Tommy you visit. And then she goes to visit a version of Billy and Tommy who immediately don't like her because they know she's not a real <laughs> mum. Which causes one to get all sad, and that's how they defeat her and everything. And she destroys like, the dark hole at the end. And yeah, Strange is like, Oh, I'm all good, and uh, everything's looking all hunky dory. Oh, America's safe, she's with us. I bow to the Sorcerer Supreme. Oh, now I've got a third eye. <laughs> I hated the fucking ending to this film. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, I'm not, wasn't too sure about it either. And say things all seem a bit. Too convenient in this film somehow. It's like they either got bored or they couldn't think of stuff. So, oh, this just happens and that's what it'll have to be. Yeah, like, weirdly, it could have done with a bit longer, even though I'm sure you would have hated that, but it could have done with a bit longer just to maybe come up with a more, a more thought out ending, maybe. I don't, maybe, I don't know if the ending of this is one of the things that was affected by those reshoots or anything, but just. The end, the last half hour, I think, is what, or thirty-five or so minutes, really, is what lets the film down for because, like, up until the point where she she kidnaps America after killing the Illuminati, up until that point, I'm actually enjoying the film, and then just something really changes from then on. Yeah, um, I, I can't put my finger on it too, but it it, it 
there's perhaps Mr. Bit of Heart as well, somehow, the film, if that makes any sense. It, mm-hmm. it, I mean, as I say, it certainly wasn't a terrible film by Richard's imagination. I, I enjoyed it for the most part. But yeah, it did. You, you do kind of feel when you're watching it, it's, it's missing a little something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I did like the bit with the other strange, like the dark version of Strange, to. You know, I don't think it's the exact same version, but there is a lot of similarities to Dark Streams from the from the What If show, where they talk about basically it's kind of hinted to Strange that basically in any universe, he and Christine kind of aren't together. Uh, and he basically says that, oh, I've been, I went to other universe. He calls it incursion, and he went to other universes and basically started killing other versions of Strange to try and find a universe where he was happy, but he's not happy in any universe. And I do like that, like he goes. If you ever had a dream you're being pushed off the top of a very tall building, that was probably me. <laughs> that was pretty dark. And then I do like the idea when they had the fight where like Strange has got the bright colour magic and similar to Agatha in uh, One Division, like Dark Strange has got like purple magic. Mm. It wasn't a big fan of the fighting via musical notes. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that either. I thought that was a uh, a bit of a strange, strange way to go, but is what it is. Yeah. And also, no, no, no. Is it me? Is it just like uh, it looks s- similar, or is it a thing they did? Is it? Is that? Is, is that not the? Were they fighting in that? Is that not where um, Loki and that met, met Kang, or is it just a similar aesthetic? Because it does look very. If it isn't, it does look very similar. Does seem like very similar, uh, but I don't think it's the exact same kind of place. Uh, it just I think it just gives kind of the, the look of, kind of the whole uh, outside. Kind of, I think it's basically the the showcase the the universe get kind of collapsed in on itself because of the incursion. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't think it's the exact same place, but yeah. Also, a line I didn't think think about or forgotten about when I went to see the cinema. Then I watched it. Uh, on Disney Plus recently, and I'm like, that's the dumbest line. Well, one of the dumbest lines I've ever heard. That line did not work. Where he embodies the corpse of the other strange to dream what day, and then uses the power of like these souls of the dam to take on Wanda. Everything, which even then it doesn't work because then he has to rely on encouraging, uh, encouraging uh, America to fight Wanda. And I do like the, the aesthetic and the makeup for uh, Zombie Strange, but. He says to Wanda, basically, because she's fighting a dead version, he says, you're going to have to do more than kill me to kill me. And I'm like, that that's not as cool as you think it is. No, it, it, it didn't quite land, did it, somehow? <laughs> no, no, it didn't. But I do like that basically she encouraged her to use her power rather than taking it from her, because there was a point where Wong said to her, like, it's the only way, they, like, they've seemingly run out of options, like, it's the only way you need to take her power from her, because it's the only way we'll beat Wanda. I'm kind of glad they didn't have him take it from her because, again, it would have felt like the whole film was for nothing, like keeping her safe from one person taking her power and another strange try to take it from her, only for the main strange to basically win via taking her power, which would kill her anyway. So it would have basically made her character kind of kind of pointless. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was just um, a bit of a red herring to throw us off and uh, mm-hmm. just to show that this Doctor Strange is different to the others and uh, a better person. Yeah. So, like, well, uh, like the one that suddenly realises 
I think it's important that also one did, did get the kind of harsh realization, even though I thought like it was they kind of quite they kind of tried to warn her multiple times that that's what's going to happen, and then she was surprised that that's how it did happen. Uh, but she kind of needed that so that she could kind of somehow stay a, a, a good guy despite what she had done, because you know it gets to a point where she's killed that many people that you got to think how do they bring her back at some point as a good guy after all the people she's killed? But I think through her kind of come to this realization that even though she can't be with them in this universe, like in every other universe, they are being taken care of. So it kind of opens the door for Wanda to kind of redeem herself. I mean, it could be done. I mean, look at Vader, for instance. Mm-hmm. All they have to do is chuck Palpatine off, the, off, off a bridge down the Death Star, and he was, a, he was all forgiven. <laughs> well, I can imagine that conversation between Vader and Wanda, like, you know, what did you have to come back from? Oh, I... You know, killed a group of younglings. What did you do? Well, I caused a guy to blow his own head off and broke the neck of a guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> I mean, they're both done pretty atrocious things, haven't they? I'm not sure who wins that one in, in the fairness. Give, give the edge to Vader. He's done more horrible things, I probably think, given the sheer volume of Jedi or people whose death he's responsible mm. for. Just just by being in charge, being in a high position and in charge of the, like, the Death Star and everything that he through that as well as you know a lot of this on his hands from that so you know uh but yeah i think then the film kind of wraps up and the post-credit scenes again maybe some of the worst post-credit scenes so far in the mcu and that's i know that sounds high but like so the film ends with strange suddenly having a third eye because he used the dark hold and nobody gets away from it unscathed so oh a film that ends with, oh no, I've got a third eye. Then, because the mid credits, he's just walking around casually with these cape disguises like a scarf. And then Charlize Theron pops up as a character whose name I forgot to write down. He then tells him, You've caused an incursion and she needs his help to fix it. She cuts a hole in time. It seems to take her, look like it's going to take them into that same kind of dark dimension that Dormammu was in in the first movie. And then she asks, Are you scared? And he puts on his. Uh, he says no, and he puts on his, his cape, and then just opens his side eye casually as if he's been able to control it all along. Like, I'm sorry, there's just so much between these two scenes that needs to be filled. Yeah, but what, what was that? Are we supposed to know who she's supposed to be? Because I don't have a clue. But like, it's just implying that Doctor Green might not be around until his next movie, which is going to fall into this plot, because, uh, again... <laughs> Didn't exactly give me more questions than answers, but not as in that I need to see what happens. It's more of a what the fuck was that? I mean, I actually totally forgot. Uh, we saw Charlie's from in it, to be honest, until you just uh, mentioned it. It was a bit of a strange post credit scene, and I said I didn't even know who she was meant to be. I think she's maybe, I can't remember the guy, but I think supposedly she's tied to Dr. Strange in the comics. I don't know her. And then just the final post credits scene, right at the very, very end, is uh, Pizza Hall finally stopped being punching himself. And, you know, mildly amusing, but having that being the very end thing that you wait around for, for me, I was more than a little bit pissed off that I waited around for that. Yeah, it was almost a bit of a piss take one, really, wasn't it? So I kind of found it funny because of that, because like, you're sat in the cinema and that, <laughs> to the end, and that's what you get. But it's not too bad when you're at home and you can just uh, skip the credits and go straight to it. And he's like, he stops hitting himself, mm-hmm. so ooh, that's the end. 
And, and what is it about Charlie Saron randomly popping up in things at the moment? Like she's there and the boys, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe she's Stormfront in Doctor Strange. Who knows? <laughs> well, that gave you the secret reveal Doctor Strange was working with a Nazi the whole time. <laughs> good day, good day. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I'm glad we did this before the boys, because obviously. I was going to hope to bring that up because, you know, when she popped up in the boys, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, she's in this as well. And everybody's like, what is it with Shelly Stern popping up in superhero related things <laughs> recently? Two things that in the universe both needed reshoots. I think I prefer the boys cameo personally. <laughs> so did I. So did I. But, you know, that, that was Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Now, again, not a bad film, but like the ending really lets it down. It gave zero indication as to what probably it's going to, what may be setting up for with regards to this or anything else in the MCU. I, I think I came up with a good comparison in this and that now the first part of like phase two after the first Avengers film where like you had Thor, you know, Thor the Dark World and Iron Man 3 come out which weren't really the best and then they started picking up one stuff when Captain America 2 and then Guardians started coming out and they started kind of finding the groove in that phase. But for me, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness feels like an early phase two film with some phase four ideas sprinkled through it. Like, what if they tried some of the ideas that they're doing now, like earlier on in the MCU? Because it kind of felt like they brought in a Doctor Strange like film because they they've got Benedict Cumberbatch locked in, but and they wanted to use them to explore the multiverse and everything, which is going to be a major factor later on because it's already popped up in Loki and Spider-Man and everything. But... It was kind of a case of like, oh well, we need to we need another Doctor Strange film, so let's incorporate the multiverse into this one. Yeah, there does seem to be that big theme for Phase Four, isn't it? The multiverse, mm. which is quite cool as long as they uh, use it right. So we'll just have to say, as I say, this film was kind of it was middling. I would say it wasn't awful, but it wasn't brilliant either. So if I was going to Score it. Can I give a rating now? If, yeah, I said I don't know if you wanted a rate out of ten or yeah. whatever. Uh, I'd probably give it about a seven. I think. Yeah, I think seven's kind of a decent enough number to give it because, yeah, like I said, the end didn't really kind of lets it down as I've mentioned several times. And when an ending lets a film like when an ending's bad, then that can really sell your opinion of the film in general. Even if uh, a lot of stuff leading up to it, like I've mentioned before, there was a lot of stuff to enjoy here. But you walk into cinema thinking about all of those post-credit scenes all about. Yeah, I mean, endings are the last thing you see, so they are going to stick with you. I mean, you can have six or seven really good seasons of a programme and then just bugger it all up with a crap eighth season, can't you? The Game of Thrones! <laughs> so, ah, yes. you know. <laughs> it's what we call the Game of Thrones effect. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I think a 7 out of 10 is fairly generous uh, for this one. Uh, maybe a 7.5, a push, maybe. But, you know, maybe it'll be one of those films later on we, we come to, you know, appreciate more as Marvel continues on. But uh, that's something that popped into my head, you know, after watching it, that I'm thinking, like, MCU, and I'm saying this now, before I've watched Thor, Love and Thunder, so maybe some stuff gets revealed in that that makes creates a clearer picture. So, you know, take this way the bunch of salt, knowing that I haven't seen Thor yet. But looking at the TV shows, also the uh, the TV shows are, are 
tying into stuff like one division tied into this. Falcon White Soldier is going to set up the next Captain America movie. Loki is probably going to have a lot of implications for later for later stuff. And Kate Bishop was introduced to Hawkeye and things like that, so she's going to be important later probably. But looking at like the films, and especially you had Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man, this, and now you've got Thor. Like, by this point, usually after this many films have come out in a Marvel phase, I think feel like they're going as a slow burn in, in phase four before the next Avengers film because they know they also like, it's going to be hard to try and top Endgame. I have not gotten any indication at one any point, I don't think, but what the hell the next Avengers could be about. And I have a weird feeling that Avengers 5, technically, because I'll say there's 3 and 4 mm. with two parts where if I were an game. Avengers 5, I think they're going to try and combine like, elements of the first two Avengers films in that, you know, it's going to have a, a big enough threat, but not on the same level as Endgame and Infinity War. And, like, in terms of the like, first Avengers, it's going to be a case of, like, another rebuilding of a team because it's going to have to probably be an entirely new Avengers lineup this time around given that certain characters have kind of been killed off or kind of retired between Endgame and now, like, obviously, Cap, Scarlet, and Iron Man are, uh, like, looks like Hawkeye's retired and mm. may, may have Hulk step aside after She-Hulk. Don't, I don't know what's going to happen to Thor and Love and Thunder, but, you know, Natalie Portman's becoming the mighty Thor with Mjolnir and everything, so it does feel like they're going to be, like, well, the combination of, like, oh, we're forming. Samuel Jackson's going to have to come back in Avengers 5, like, oh, we're forming a new team. Like a combination of like a Loki Ultron kind of threat where it's like big enough to call in the Avengers. Not at the same Thanos level threat, they're going to lay that for like Avengers 6 when they bring in Kang or whoever. Yeah, it'd be, in, it'd be interesting to see what they do. I mean, you'd have thought Kang might feature in the next series of Loki as well because that's certainly sort of, sort of cliffhanger they left that on, but. Uh, I mean, I don't know for sure, but yeah, it'd be cool to see a, a new team sort of come together with different superheroes and characters and whatnot. And um, didn't we get confirmed that we are going to get a, a new series of Daredevil and um, yes. Kingpin will be in it by all accounts, even if it did well, look like it he got, it. even if it did look like he might have got shot at the end of um, Hawkeye. I think they confirmed there's another Daredevil happening. This is I don't think they said that Kingpin was in it, but they did say Kingpin and Daredevil are going to be in, featured in Echo. That was the announcement there that so uh, ah, Kingpin right. clearly didn't die at the end. But it's interesting to see him interacting with uh, with Charlie Cox as Daredevil again and getting to see him interact with uh, with Echo, who I'm sure we and I both agreed that was a good part of uh, the mm. Hawkeye when we were talking about it. Definitely, yeah. I'm wondering, uh, I've heard one theory about a future Avengers film, because also there's people like Doctor Doom and, and Kang talked about, I think those are bigger later on films, you know, kind of like Thanos level ones, but I think you need something in between for the next Avengers, because also you got to think, who are you going to get for your new Avengers team? You assume, like, uh, Sam now is Captain America, Jane is Thor, uh, probably Winter Soldier and maybe one or two of the new characters like maybe Shang-Chi gets brought into the team or something like that. Yeah, I mean, Doctor Doom is always one of the best villains, but they've they kind of buggered, buggered him up in the in the film versus the Fantastic Fours they've tried to do. 
Also, I know he's more X-Men, but Apocalypse would be a good villain to do if they could do him properly as well, because they sort of buggered him up a bit in uh, the X-Men Apocalypse film. They seem to like strip him of half his powers. Yeah. So you also got She-Hulk you could bring in as Dean's so There's all sorts of new combinations you could do with this. Uh, I, th- I think they've teased or into that there's rumours that they're going to do a Doctor Doom movie to get B's introduction rather than making him the new baddie in the next Fantastic Four that they introduced, which I think will be a welcome change because you forget that the uh, Fantastic Four have other villains outside of mm. Doctor Doom, especially with the all three films that they've done so far. Indeed, come back around to him, even when they're battling fucking Galactus in that second day. Yeah, if you did a proper version of Galactus, that'd be another one where the Avengers might be needed because he's like this massive entity. So that could be um, a a way you could go. Again, he was buggered up because he's like a cloud, wasn't he, in uh, Avengers 2? But the Silver Surfer was pretty cool in that, to to be fair. But yeah, like yeah, yeah, but there there is those of you know lots of material to um, get from, and and lots of ways they could go to to do another Avengers film or or whatever they fancy doing. So it'd be quite quite cool to see what happens going forward. One thing I saw, like what some people think is having no. Uh... Uh, that character played by uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus kept popping up in like she gave mm. John Walker like a new suit and she popped up and she told uh, Elena to take out like Clint. Like there's rumors like they're gonna do like the Dark Avengers like and she's developing like a super villain version of like the Avengers or whatever. I think there's something in that. Basically like it's not like the biggest threat, but it's worth the Avengers coming out, a new version of the Avengers coming yeah. back because like like everybody's been like everybody's still recovering from the blip and everything. So like she comes out Secretly revealed she's working for the government. She's like, oh, we hear what people are your new version of the Avengers. The public's all filled. And then Nick Fury is like, nah, fuck this. I'm going to get the actual Avengers together. And then the world's out just to a new version of the Avengers post like Iron Man and Cap, you know, all dying. Yeah, yeah. That's that's another cause. Yeah, I forgot about that little um, sort of seed they planted of her character. Yeah. I wonder if that'll be fleshed out more and like something like. Uh, Something like uh, that new Captain America, which they've confirmed is happening, because I'm mm. assuming John Walker might be brought back for it at some point. Uh, also, I think they confirmed that they were going to do like a Thunderbolts-esque project. Uh, I think Yelena is going to be involved in it. I think they were confirmed they're bringing back Taskmaster for it. I uh, can't remember who else did they say was going to be, and I can't exactly remember, but it seemed like an interesting line. So maybe that could tie into... The only thing about them finally doing a Thunderbolts thing is that William Hart's character... Thunderbolt Ross was part of that as like the Red Hulk and now they're doing it and sadly William Hart even if he was going to be involved has sadly passed away yeah that's a that's a bit of a shame isn't it well the same bit is a big shame that he passed away but I'm sure they'll manage to work work around it see I'm I'm not completely convinced about um the second Black Panther without um Chadwick, um, I forgot his surname now. Uh, Yeah, I'm not too sure what I want to watch that, to be perfectly honest, but uh, we'll see. I might be convinced to change my mind. Yeah. I'm going to try and figure out uh, and quickly and panically uh, (laughs) 
and panically looking up who is going to be in this new uh, Thunderbolts one. I think it's maybe like more filling or anti-hero team like group. <laughs> I am not at all panicking. I'm definitely not trying to fill airtight. <laughs> <laughs> He's not, no. I, I, but, you know, as with Podding, trying to find out about uh, sketchy films isn't easy. Yeah, it's not uh, and. So I think they've said that, I think this could tie into that thing I was talking about with this Dark Avengers, because they said, like, Elaine's going to be in it, John Walker supposedly might be in it, uh, Taskmaster, I said, and I think they've, they've said that Baron Zemo they're going to bring back for this Thunderbolt. Oh, I, like ba- I, liked, I like Baron Baron Zemo. I'm not sure about Taskmaster, unless it's a different version. I wasn't, I wasn't convinced by the um, Black Widow version of... Um, Taskmaster, to be honest. Yeah. No. Who knows? It would be interesting what kind of threat they do because uh, the biggest threat so far, I think, in the MCU, like since Endgame, would probably be like the whole multiversal thing with Spider Man. But even then, like, he kind of got help, but it was like three versions of himself. So that even that wasn't suddenly deemed worthy of bringing in the bloody Avengers. Hmm. There you go. Uh, looking at it, uh, there's also carried the getting out of juice because I think a big part of the uh, Thunderbolts at one point or another was the Punisher. So if you ever wanted to bring John Bernthal back, getting to see the Punisher in the MCU properly would be quite cool. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed um, John Bernthal's The Punisher. The actual Punisher series weren't super brilliant, but I enjoyed him in Daredevil 2. I think perhaps he works better in. Um, Shorter formats. Mm-hmm. I think I've, I didn't mind putting the second series of the Punisher, but I thought the first, the first one really felt like it dragged to me. No. Ah, there you go. I can't stand around here speculating all that time. We all, we win. <laughs> we can speculate all we want, but you know, probably after I've seen Thor, it's all going to be nothing. I'm like, oh yeah, they cleared up, they cleared all that up now. <laughs> But you know, imagine. <laughs> but God, we've done a fair bit of talking, especially now that you've got your mouth working again. So please use that mouth to tell the people what else you're working on in the podding world. Um, not much else at the moment. Um, the only other thing I've been doing lately is uh, is a team stuff, which again involves Scott and. Uh, Nathan, who we don't really like, but you know, we 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 have to do these things. So it's in his contract; he has to be there <laughs> as a co-creator. There's not a lot we can do about it, really. <laughs> so yeah, Charles. Other main thing on this podcast involves me. You can't escape me, no matter how much he tries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, there'll probably be some more football pods when the new season kicks off. Me and Nathan might do a Wimbledon pod, but I'm not convinced that's going to happen. So we'll, we'll just have to see. Interesting. Uh, me on the other hand, you can uh, catch me on this feed on the Rule Breakfast match interview. Uh, recently, my good friend Paul is going to be coming on the show to see if he can. T- be my new co-host, he also co-hosts Scumball of Ramblin podcast with me that you can find on the Rogue Opinions feed and on its own feed on all good Android podcasts and sites. You can find both feeds on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, 
Spotify. I think I might have said that twice. Podbean. All the podcasts. <laughs> all there. Get Rogue Opinions at Rogue underscore Opinions. Follow Scumpel's Round Pockets at SB Rambling. We're doing a couple episodes on the European title. Uh, we've got an episode coming out talking about Bugs Life. It's just, you know, I enjoyed talking about it more than I thought I would because I forgot how much I love Bugs Life before I watched it back. Uh, ESSR, I uh, do all bits and bobs over there. You know, I did an episode about uh, the upcoming G1 Climax tournament over in New Japan. So if you're you're so inclined to watch your Japanese wrestling, you might want to set that out because we talk about it a fair bit. So there's that. No good things other than this and, like you said, A-Team, stuff which we haven't done in a few weeks. And uh, SmackDown, which is even silly as I try to find a new co-host. I'm pretty quiet on, in some aspects. I don't know, it's almost like the multiverse of pads. I mean, I can put my <laughs> one, maybe two if I'm lucky, and you've got like a half hour's worth of list of things you're doing. Yeah, and would you believe it? I'm always coming up with ideas for more. I can't stop. Someone stop. He's a dickhead. Someone just tie me down and take away my microphone. <laughs> oh. I mean, for us, but if I lost, if, when I lost my mouth, if Scott lost his, Christ, that'd be it. His life would be over. <laughs> Podcasting world would take a big dive after that. <laughs> what? With, with the podcasting world would have to go with morning. Anyway, thank you for listening, everybody. Starting next, starting on our next episode, we'll be here talking about the boys and trying to. You know, hide the fact we're talking about an Amazon show from our Disney Plus overlord, so there's a few <laughs> weeks, us five of us. But it's worth it to talk about exploding penises. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's not easy to watch, but podcasting isn't easy either, so we keep on going. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>